you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. Rubenstein and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. I am back with parenting coach, Randy Rubenstein of Mastermind Parenting. And today she is here to talk about a book she is writing so far untitled, but almost wrapped up. And she, in that book, discusses in detail the sibling fighting tool, which is actually a tool I don't know anything about. So I'm about to hear about it from the first time, but I know that I can't wait um, because all the information that Randy has given me around man managing and handling my children, especially in conflict has been invaluable. So Randy, go ahead and tell us about the sibling fighting tool. Okay. So the sibling fighting tool consists of four steps. Um, and I'll go back to, you asked me, you said, you know, you were reading on the internet and some said, don't get involved, you know, to help resolve the conflict. And some said, absolutely get involved. Um, and what was my stance on it? And I said, well, if there's any, if safety is an issue, either emotional safety or physical safety, and you see it and witness it with your eyes, I believe you get involved, but there's a certain absolutely. way to, to get involved because you don't want to be the judge and the jury. You become the judge and the jury, then your kids are going to be reliant on you forevermore to help them resolve their conflicts. So we want to get involved in a way where we're literally modeling for them and teaching them and training them how they're going to be able to do this for themselves in the future. And and so if there's violence involved, if safety is an issue, yes, you get involved and I'm going to teach you guys how to do it. And there's lots of times where you barely have to get involved if it's really not, if safety is really not an issue uh, or if it's something that's easily remedied. Okay. So the first, the first thing that you do is what I call state the obvious, state the obvious. And the way you, you handle it is your kids are, you know, you walk in at you, or you hear yelling. Okay. Let's say you hear yelling. Let's say your girls are a little older. Um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do it based on your girl's ages. So what's, what's something that would typically happen where you know that, that, you know, you're, Violet was playing with something. My older and- one would take a toy from my younger one and the younger one would start crying and the older one would tell me that the younger one had done something to her. Mm-hmm. So you walk in and you hear crying and then Selma says, well, what would she say? She, she did. She would she- say Violet took my toy away from me while she was okay. holding the toy that she had just taken from Violet. Okay. So Violet took my toy away from me. 
and, Mm -hmm. and, and Violet sitting there crying and you look at her and you say, you look at both girls and you say, seems like we have a problem. We've got one toy and two girls that want to play with this toy. What should we do? What should we do? And you get them involved in coming up with the solution. Okay. So stating the obvious is literally, it's like the duh factor. Like that's, that's true. There is one toy. You have one child holding the toy and when you have one child crying. So it's pretty obvious that both Acknowledge the problem. Yeah. Both kids wanted to play with the same toy. And so we're just going to state the obvious. It seems like we've got a problem, girls. We got one, you know, one, one, one baby doll, you know, named, named Chrissy and two people that want to play with Chrissy doll. Two, two, two people that want to play with the Chrissy baby. What, what do you think what we, do we should do? do? What do you think we should do? And, um, and you know, it's going to be Selma who's going to probably look at you and you're going to say, what do you think we should do? And she's going to just, if you ask curious questions, which are what or how questions, it literally puts the problem back on the other person to solve it. Right. See, so, so often we think as parents, like we have to have all the answers. We have to be the knowers of all the things. And we don't have to be the knowers of all the things. In fact, when we try to be the knowers of all the things, our kids end up power struggling with us because they want to be the knowers of all the things too. They want to help. Right. And so, and so when you're like, wow, guys, what are we going to do here? What, What do you think we should do? We've got two sisters. And one Chrissy doll. What should we do? Anybody got any ideas? And do you find that they usually come up with an idea like sharing or playing with the doll at the same time? If you resist from being the judge and jury or lecturing, and you truly, truly come from that place of curious questions, stating the obvious curious questions, because there's no judgment here. Like even when you hear some, you know, you hear Violet crying and you come in, okay, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to say, whoa, 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 something's happening. Something's happening. Now, not what's happening. Something's happening. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Something's happening. That is, do you see how that's neutral? Like if something's happening, it, what's, you know, it seems like we've got one, wait. She, and, and so someone's going to immediately go into, well, she took my toy from, she took my Chrissy away from me and da, 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 da. And you say, oh, wait, 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 state the obvious. So we've got one Chrissy and we've got two sisters that want to play with it. Huh? What do you think we should do? So something's happening. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When you hear something explosive that really actually just sort of stops you in your tracks because you now have something to say instead of going immediately after the person who's not crying. Right. So in your case, it would mostly be Selma because, right. Right. And my inclination. So you said, don't be the judge or jury. I mean, I know from a hundred miles away that she'd grab the doll out of her sister's hand. So you're saying by not being the judge and jury, I'm not going to say that I know that. Well, you're not going to, but the truth of the matter is what happened before she grabbed the, you know, was she playing with the doll and all of a sudden she got sidetracked because she's three and she played with something else. Right. We don't know. Like, and when we, let's say, let's say we do know. So just let's say we do know, let's say we've seen everything that's happened 
And it's pretty clear that one sibling is not being very kind to the other one. Do we ever weigh in about that? Yeah. I mean, well, this is what we do. So the where we start is by stating the obvious and um, which is just like, the, remember you guys, just the duh factor, you're going to say like exactly what you see before you without putting a judgment on it. Something's happening. Something's happening. And it seems like we've got one toy that two people want to play with. What should we do? So what should we do? So state the obvious, follow it up with the curious questions, what and how questions. How are we going to solve this? What do you think the what do you think the solution is? What should we do, guys? Okay, so state the obvious. The second helpful tip is in, you go to the injured party first. So we typically go to the person who injured the other person, right? We go to, you know, because that's that's our mama bear instinct is kicking ah, in. Interesting. Yes. You, we want to like condemn, punish, you yes. did something wrong to this person. Yeah. We, we want justice. Absolutely. But we really, you, we're asking the person who's crying if they're okay. Right. Because, and this is a major, major pattern disruptor because we typically go after the child who hurt our other child. And even, you know, even though we love them both, we're going to protect the child who's crying. And so what we, instead of, of going, you know, of putting all your attention on the child who's doing the hurting, you put your attention on the child who's been hurt the most. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so what we focus on grows, what we focus on expands. So when we focus on the hurting and we go into the lecture and you can't just grab things and how your sister's crying, you're so much bigger than her. You're twice her age. You knocked her over. Clearly she's here. What, why did you grab that from her? We share in this family, blah, 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 blah. And we put all of our attention on the child who did the hurting. And we talk all about the hurting. Well, guess what we're going to get more of in the future? We're going to get more of the negative behavior. We're going to get more of the hurting. If we put all this attention on lecturing the child that did the hurting, then they just got a ton of our attention from hurting their sibling. And so with little kids, really positive, negative attention doesn't really matter. All attention counts. And so now they just got a ton of our attention by hurting their younger sibling. They probably got right. the toy. And so our instinct, our primal instinct kicks in where we're going to want to go after the child that did the hurting. We're going to want to seek justice. And when we do, we reinforce that negative behavior. You well, this can makes be so sure. much sense to me because yeah. when a kid wants attention, they want any kind of attention. It's not yeah. just positive attention. So I will notice like when, when Selma wants attention, she's going to grab something from her sister. I'm going to give her attention, even though it's negative attention. And the more negative attention I give her, it's almost like the more she acts out. So I figured that part out, but I hadn't figured out really what I could do in lieu of giving her that attention. And you've really, that's the perfect way. I mean, that's amazing. Well, and, and, and so, you know, the thing is, is that, and none of this is done consciously by our kids. It's just like, oh, I was playing with that toy. I want it back. My way of getting it back is I'm just going to grab it. You know, and we, you know, we lectured and lectured and lectured last time she did that, but she didn't learn a new skill, a better way of getting the thing that she wants without grabbing it or hurting. Like she didn't, we didn't actually put our attention on the skill building. We put our attention on the admonishment. So all we're going to get is more of the, of more of the behavior that we talked till we were 
blue in the face about we're just gonna right. get more of the hurting, more of the hurting. So if we focus on the healing, the way we do it is we go to the injured party first. So you go in and you see that, you know, Violet's crying and you're like, whoa, 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 something happened. Something clearly happened. And someone goes into her whole diatribe about it. And you're like, oh, seems like we've got an issue. We've got, you know, one baby doll and two sisters that want to play with it. What should we do? And as you're doing that, you're going to the injured party. Now, if, if, if Violet was knocked over face down and clearly hurt, you would immediately go to her and scoop her up and, you know, and, and get her to safety basically. So you just, you go to the, so if you are able to state the obvious before you go to the injured party, it's just because it's like, she might be crying. She might be whimpering. She might be frustrated. She might be mad, but she's not actually hurt. Okay. Right. She's not actually hurt. So, so, but as she's sitting there crying and even as you're doing it, if she's not, if she's continuing to cry, you're going over to her, you're putting her on your lap, you're whispering in her ear, you're gently like stroking her cheek and you're saying, are you okay? Did you get hurt? Show me. Is it, does it hurt somewhere? Are you okay? So what happens when Selma sees this exchange and thinks that's what I want. So I'm going to start crying when my mom leaves the room. Yeah. So, so she's not thinking that, you know, they live in the present moment. So she's really not thinking that far ahead of time. Um, so, so if she sees you, because when you're disrupting the pattern by giving all this attention to Violet, um, she may immediately start crying too. And if she starts crying too, you continue like, you know, making sure that Violet's okay. And as you're making sure she's okay, you're calling Selma over and you're like, come here. I have an, I have a knee for you too. And you come and you, and you have her on your lap too. And you're stroking them. Now, a lot of your, a lot of the way you're calming the situation is really just non-verbally and just kind of stroking them. And you're like, and you're like, it's hard to be sisters. It's hard to share all of our stuff. It's hard to have a toy you want to play with right when you want to play with it. And then your sister's playing with it and figuring out how we take turns. This is hard stuff, girls. You're figuring this out. And we all do things that, you know, we all make some mistakes and we're figuring this out. Sometimes it's hard for me to share things with daddy. I have to share my bed with him every single night. That's one of our favorite tools. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like relaying it back to us. Do you know what happens when daddy takes my thing? Sometimes I Mm -hmm. feel mad, mad, mad or whatever it is. Sometimes daddy has to go to the bathroom at the same time as me. And I get so angry. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Whatever. Yes. Yes. Showing them that it happens with us. Yes. So if, so you're, so you're pulling them over and literally this is our way of being like, we're not going to play the judge and jury. You pushed, you did this, you did that. Especially if we catch it kind of at the beginning, if you know, she just sort of grabbed it away and Violet's sitting there and she's just frustrated and upset and you walk in and something happened and how can you state the obvious? And then you immediately go over to Violet and you start stroking her and calming her down and, and, and looking in her eyes and saying, are you okay? Did you get hurt? Did you tell me what happened? Mommy's here. You're safe. I've got you. Do you need the boo-boo bear? You know, whatever. And you're just, and then Selma, because she's used to getting so much attention, she's, you're right. She's going to come over and try and be like, oh no, this is not how this goes. And Mm -hmm. she's going to pull, she's probably going to pull out all the stops. And as she tries to pull out all the stops, you don't push the sister away. You, you have Violet right there and you say, come here. I've got it. I got a giant lap. I've got room for both of you guys. Come here. I have two girls. Both of you, come here. 
Let's, I love it. You know, we, we've got this. Now, if you start getting the real story, especially because this is all laid out in such a neutral, uh, emotionally safe way, you know, little kids, they actually are, they, they'll come clean. So Selma may end up, once she sees that this is an emotionally safe space and there's plenty of mommy's lap for both girls, she might say, well, I grabbed it or I took it because I wanted it. And you're, and, and you're like, you really wanted to play with it and, and, and you, you weren't ready to give up your turn. And then you turned around and, and sister was playing with it and you wanted it back and you forgot this is the next number three. Okay. Mm. This is positive. So we've had state the obvious is your first, your first call to action is state the obvious. It's just the duh factor and then having the kids solve it on their own. The second thing, if we've got somebody crying or injured, we go to the injured party first. We focus our attention on the healing rather than on the hurting. Okay. So we go injured first. So it's state the obvious, injured first. Number three, when the talking starts or when we're ready to start addressing the child that was more of the aggressor, we do something called positive intent. And that's basically saying, okay, so you screwed up, but you're not a screw up, right? And so positive intent looks like, oh, so you weren't ready to give up your turn and you forgot the words to say, I'd like it back. And you grabbed it instead. Mm-hmm. I love that. So even though they obviously did not forget, we're painting that picture as though that would be yeah. the only thing we would ever assume they would do. Well, you know what? The truth is, is she has, she has probably had reinforced that uh, a pattern of when I want something in the moment that I want it, I'm just going to grab it or, you know, plow over my younger sister because she's pretty easygoing. I'm bigger. And then mom comes in and I get all mom's attention, but I still got the thing that I wanted and it all kind of works out for me. Like that's, that's been, that's been her method, you know? And so if we're disrupting that, if we want to disrupt that method, you know, we really have to assume positive intent, which is really, she doesn't have the skills to handle it in a more civilized way. When she's like hot and bothered because all of a sudden she's like, wait, I wasn't done playing with that. Get it back to me now. Right. Exactly. She really did forget. She really was like, her brain has already been conditioned. When I want something, I grab it away. I do the thing I've been doing to get the thing I want. And Mm -hmm. now by using positive intent, you forgot the words to say, I I wasn't finished with my turn. Please hand, please give it back to me now. I'll let you play with it in a little bit. You know, you forgot the words to explain to sister, or you forgot that sister's so little that sometimes you can just grab another toy and say, who, how about if you play with this? I'm taking the dolly back now. Thank you. Like you forgot all these things that we had practiced. And so you just grabbed it back. You had an oops moment that happens sometimes. And now let's practice what, what you're going to do next time when you, the same thing happens and you're not done playing with a toy or you want a toy back. What are the words you're going to say? Let's practice now. Practice with me. It's beautiful. I love it. Is there a part four? Part four is just the fun. I call it attaboys, which is we're going to reinforce all the training that we just did, all this beautiful conflict resolution that we just did by by celebrating. And the celebrating is just, oh, it's sort of like when I when you're teaching a new skill, and I go through this with like like the moms and dads in my in my program, I'm like, it's really important 
when we've accomplished something to take the time to celebrate and notice what we just accomplished because doing so is actually, it's sort of like a report card. It's like a measurement tool and it will solidify your progress. So the attaboys at the end are, you've got both girls on your lap and you're having a little hug and you say, girls, I want you to look at me right now. And they turn around and you say, you know what? It can be really hard living with people. It can be hard being sisters and sharing your favorite things. And sometimes we're going to, things like this are going to happen and we're going to have oops moments. But you know what you girls just did? You totally figured out a plan for next time. And you, and you know what? We did this together because we're an amazing team and we did this together. And next time we're going to handle it even better. You did that and you did that. High five. Way to go. I love it. Oh, it makes me feel like I'm just going to come back and listen to this like a hundred times. I mean, it, I can tell you, and I, I'm comfortable with this because I'm a flawed human being that I have done almost the exact opposite of everything you just described in the last 24 hours, having another way. Um, what's amazing about young children, and you can, I'm, I love your opinion on this, is that they really adapt quite quickly. So we can do things maybe the opposite way of productive over and over and over again, but the second we flip the script, they really do come around quite quickly. At least that's what I found. Oh, especially when you're using all of these types of tools because it feels so good. I mean, and when you and when you look, the positive intent, when when somebody has messed up and they're used to receiving negative attention from it, um, she's not proud of herself for those moments. So now when all of a sudden she has you saying, all right, so you wanted to turn and you forgot the words to ask. We do this as, you know what? We're all human. We do. I have oops moments too. You had an oops moment. It's okay. Like I, like you're sending her the message. I love you no matter what. I love you even when you mess up. And so, so that feels amazing. And then when we, when we do the attaboys at the end where everyone gets to be like rah, rah, go team, you did that. And you did that way to go. This is hard stuff. You guys are really growing up now. They're beaming with pride. You know, it, it feels amazing. So yeah. It feels amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to do something. I'm going to keep this episode really short. It's going to be just about 22 minutes long so that I know the parents who really need to hear it right now are at home quarantined with their kids and don't have very much longer than that to listen to a podcast. And I know I want to be able to come back and listen to it really quickly to hear this over and over again. And thank you so much for sharing the sibling fighting tool with us, Randy. My pleasure. My pleasure. And thank you all for listening. You guys, I've created it. My team has created it, actually. If you're ready to take your family from surviving to thriving, we got something for you. We created this amazing 30-day, very affordable Mastermind Parenting Crash Course. So if you're ready to learn how to solve any problem, big or small, with your strong-willed child and, frankly, anyone... Um, you're ready to go learn how to master the productive combo. You've been listening to the podcast for a while. You've been reading the resources that we put out, but you have found yourself not necessarily taking action. It's okay. You're normal. You just need 30 days of consistent action. And that's why we created the crash course. So we're going to switch you from old school discipline and all that conditioning that you bring to the table during triggered moments because you're human and we're going to start the retraining process. Um, it's 
because they say it takes 30 days to create a new habit. That's why we made it a 30-day crash course. It's super affordable. I'd love to see you on the inside. We send you bite-sized trainings every day. We don't have logins and all kinds of nonsense involved. We have hired tech engineers. We send the trainings directly to your cell phone. It's a no-brainer. Um, and it's one price per family. So it's a great way to get on the same page with your co-parent. It's a great way to start taking your family in a whole new direction. Like the time is now. So if you want to learn more, if you want to join the Mastermind Parenting Crash Course, go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash 30. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash 30. Can't wait.